Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you! For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Welcome to another exciting edition of Real Nerds Podcast, where we're boldly going where no podcast has gone before. Oh. Hey, happy birthday, Star Trek. Yeah. I am Ryan. This is... James. And that is... Brad. Awesome, guys. Hey, welcome. This is fun. I love my (laughs) podcast. Make it so, Ryan. Oh. Oh. So, yeah, (laughs) you just put happy birthday, Star Trek, on the top, and, you know, if you're a, a nerd like we are, you should recognize important moments in nerd diem nerdum nerdity nerdity nerdity, nerdity? Yeah. sure and star trek what what years um, it's the 46th anniversary 66 yeah 46th anniversary awesome um shauna sent us a google's little clip art they do sometimes the, and the, it's the google doodle google doodle google is there an actual name for it i yeah. have no idea i just know they do different things all the time but i never remember what it's actually called it's something like that google google, google doodle. doodle sounds right yeah yeah and it's made up of all the characters from Star Trek, so... Yeah, well, and it are. tells a little story. Like, there's things you can click on. And really? Goes, yeah, Kirk goes through and fights the Gorn. It's really cool. Awesome, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, from what I heard, you it, it's only if you view it on, on Chrome, then it, then it loads right. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. That's awesome. So, yeah, happy birthday, Star Trek. Dude, end, every he, time I see that William Shatner's, like, 85, it blows my mind. Oh, yeah, he looks really good for He old. does. I think Leonard Nimoy's even older than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. he is. But I mean, Leonard I mean, Nimoy looks old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not to be mean, but, I mean, Shatner still kind of looks like he's not really aged that much. In the new Star Trek movie, Leonard Nimoy looks old, so old that he was able to play 168 years old. <laughs> That's how old Leonard Nimoy is. So, yeah, that, uh, but, you know, it makes me think of Star Trek too, and how I actually like that movie. Yeah. So. Oh, that was cool. Can't wait. Uh, yes, still haven't seen Star Trek First Contact. You still no. haven't seen Star Trek The Voyage Home with the Whales. Yeah. 
uh, James was doing some sort of dive with his hand. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, well, hand drive. Uh, well, actually, the whales don't really do that. They teleport them into a tank inside the ship, and then the whale just sits there. Probably cool, guys. Uh, so, what's your favorite Star Trek <laughs> moment? Don't make it long. Go. Moment? Yeah. Uh, something from Star Trek Six. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You didn't wait. give me enough time. <laughs> How long do you need to think about it? You have to think about it. You, you ask me what my favorite moment in Spider Man is. I'll tell you like that. Okay, what's your favorite moment in Spider Man? Uh, when Gwen Stacy dies. Dude. In the comic six. books? Yeah. I thought you meant the movie. In the movie, uh, I love the part where he gets his powers for the first time. Done. That's very general. I, I really like the scene in First Contact. When she comes in and he's talking about how he wants to beat up on the Borg. And he's like, the line must be drawn here. No further. That line's really, yeah, it's really good. So cliche. My favorite part <laughs> of <laughs> Star <Trek Six> <laughs> <Awesome>. is, <laughs> is when um, the uh, Klingon general is fighting the other two ships, the Excelsior and the Enterprise. Oh, and yeah, yeah. He's quoting all the Shakespeare lines. And then that photon torpedo rips through the hull of uh, the Enterprise and like takes out uh, the eating room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, yeah, the, and the cripples mess. the ship, and but, yeah. then the Excelsior. Oh, and then, yeah, and then they detect the exhaust port. Oh, it's oh. in the photon oh, That sorry. whole sequence is awesome. I, I lied. My favorite part of Star Trek is actually uh, when they find B four at the beginning of Nemesis. Oh, that's a lie. Why did they just use lore? My favorite part is when Bone says, "Are you out of your Vulcan mind?" Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I really like the part where they're climbing uh, They're climbing the rocks at the beginning of, uh, what is that, six or five? Five. Yeah. And it's then Spock shows up movie's in good, uh, hover boots Yeah. and uh, wonders what Kirk is doing. Yeah. I'm like, why would you bother climbing when I have these hover boots? <laughs> it's, not about, <laughs> it's not about the destination, Spock. <laughs> Happy birthday, Star Trek. Hey, yeah. this week we saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. In IMAX. In IMAX. Yeah, go ahead and rain on our parade. I just saw the sigh in his face when he said no, that. No, I'm just specifying that we didn't <laughs> just watch like Raiders on TV or something. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're like, the re-release. The whole point of this episode is to let them know about the IMAX release. Yeah. That's so. going until the end of this week? I th- no, I think it's two weeks. Is it two I weeks? Think I think it's so until the end of the third. one week I think it's 13th. Yeah. Oh, is it really only one week? Oh, man. Then, yeah, so you, you really got to run out and see this. Yeah. Well, I guess I well, don't have to... Uh, huh. <laughs> I guess I don't have to do our normal part of the podcast. Hey, that's that's a, <laughs> thanks for uh, listening to the Real Nerds podcast this week. And so, yeah, stay tuned for our, our review yeah. of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That movie's really good. But first, time to go into the mailbag and dig in and dig in in the mailbag. Whoa. No rap music. No rap music. That wasn't rap. You you were rhyming. Where am I supposed to put the... Uh... Well, <laughs> you, when, when he just shuts up, then we can do it. James... You make it so hard for him to cut. If you don't stop where he can cut, then it doesn't work. <laughs> Fuck. Fan mail. Jesse from Plastic Explosion. Check out his website. He did a really cool thing on the Transformers, which uh, he it was all the Destructicons, I think it was. <laughs> and it was $500. But he did a really Ooh. detailed uh, pictures and description of it. It was cool. But he tweeted us. And he says, love your Nick Cage impressions. Spot on. I know. Thank oh, you. Gosh. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Uh, we, now that we can address this, what is who, what, where actually from? When does he ever say that? He doesn't. I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> he, he just took you know a generalization of all of his lines yeah. and turned it into <laughs> yeah. that. Who, what, where. I don't know what else he does. I, I, I guess I could do this. It feels like my, my school's on fire. That's all I got. <laughs> Remember yeah. from the the first Ghost Rider? That's horrible. There was a really funny picture from 
the new Ghost Rider that I saw behind the scenes. And, like, they have Nicolas Cage acting as Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. his face is painted, and he has, you know, markers for when they're going to add the CGI, and it looks really creepy. Man, that, that, that behind-the-scenes footage is really cool, though. It is. I haven't watched it. Oh, you should watch it. <laughs> that movie's not good, though. It's not. Um, then some dude named Sferks. What the fuck is a Sferks? <laughs> is talking about me. He says, I want your superpower. Um, I'll talk about it a little more when we get into what we've been watching, and then you'll understand why... Sferks is mad at me. Um, our good uh, guy, our good friend Russell, sent in. Uh, I'm confused by the trailer from last week. Didn't sound like Lawless. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you actually noticed something that no one else said. Everyone else thought it was a mistake and that Brad's too fucking stupid to know the difference between Oogie Loves and Lawless and put in. But uh, I, I guess I'll tell the story. We were waiting for Lawless to start and. I just read that Oogie Loves is going to be one of the worst openings of all time. And I said, Brad, instead of putting in Lawless, you should trailer, you should put in the Oogie Loves trailer <laughs> because it'll be really funny. And we can't say anything about it. We're just going to play it yeah. straight. Um, and Brad was cool enough to do it. So when you listen to our podcast and I say, here's a trailer for Lawless, it, because the Oogie Loves trailer starts with this really dramatic music. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what's the next line? He's like, Oh no! Or something weird. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And then they talk about like, oh, gag me with a spoon. <laughs> I don't understand. Carrie Elways is in it. What the fuck? I have no idea what's going on. I have no in idea. That trailer. It's just a bunch of without seeing the video part <laughs> of it. It's just this random crap. <laughs> yeah, it is crap. So uh, I actually tweeted back to Russell. I said, and I was really proud of myself because I could use a Stan Lee moment. Um, for those of you who don't know, are not initiated into Marvel in the 60s and 70s when Stan Lee was writing all the Marvel, um, Stan Lee will freely admit that he has a terrible memory. So a lot of times he'd be writing a comic and he'd mess up continuity. Mm. And then if the readers would point out continuity errors, he would award him a no prize. Hmm. And uh, so I awarded Russell a no prize for uh for noticing that and he told me then he responded you guys suck i mean you guys rock so <laughs> i was really happy that i could channel my inner stanley and <laughs> send out a no prize so that was me being a total nerd and if somebody got that before i mentioned it now then you are a true comic book nerd <laughs> uh, so thanks everybody who tweeted us you can tweet us at real underscore nerds we also got an email from my dad last week what uh, which read simply we enjoyed Born Whatever Part 1. Because <laughs> they went and saw the new Born movie, and that's a, I, I just love the way that he phrased that, because it's exactly how that movie yeah. feels. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I'm guessing he emailed you. He didn't email the real nerds. You're right. Well, actually, he uh, uh, his phone, for whatever reason, when he tries to text me, sends me an email instead. So it's, it's even worse than that. <laughs> but uh, but aren't you going to say your dad's name, give him some credit? Oh, Rich. Rich. Rich Hart, thank you. Whoa, whoa, we don't go throwing around my last name. Oh, man, now they're going to find me. James Hart. It's on the website. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's on the website, but you know. Oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> Born Undead? Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. And again, James, we've been doing this for a year and a half, and his phone is still going off. I didn't answer it this time. That, that, hey, that didn't get picked up by the mic. Anyways, so thank you. Remember, you can tweet us, real underscore nerds. Please yeah. do, because then we will read it. Even when you say you, we suck because you won the no prize. Thanks, Russell. I actually do want to point out, I, I really am glad Russell, someone said something because like, I, I got really paranoid. I'm like, does anybody even listen to our show? Yeah, Jesse uh, texted me about it. Um, he, he said it was very confusing. Nice. Like, <laughs> he, again, he thought we screwed up. Or, 
Nice. So my plan worked. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, it comes right back and James says, uh, oh, that's an intense trailer. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That was great. So now you know, we might we might put stuff in there to see if our listeners are paying attention. Screwing around with our own show. Yep, because, yeah. hey, if you do it the same all the time, it gets boring. Right, guys? What? I stopped listening. I know, right? I can't even talk to... I can't have conversations with James <laughs> in my own podcast. <laughs> He's too fascinated with the internet. I know. Yep. Put the internet down. Oh, well, I'm just... I'm getting ready for real nerds. For real news, I mean. What if I just skip you? Oh, you know, then then it's all for naught. Oh, he has that power. Hey, we're gonna sh- we're gonna shuffle <laughs> up the episode this week and skip the really long, boring part. Okay. Well, we also got an email from Dan from Ohio. You can oh, email yes. us at Real Nerds Podcast at wait Real Nerds at Gmail dot com. So you got me all Twitter pated. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it's a Warner Brothers word, I think. It is. <laughs> I think Do- Donald Duck says it. Uh, yeah, he might. Yeah, Twitter pated is like you're in love and all tweeted. <laughs> Hmm. Anyways, you can email us realnerds at gmail.com. And I, I love hearing from Dan because Dan sends us great emails. And this is another one. Um, greetings. Unfortunately, I must confess to having gone to see episode one in 3D. I think everybody oh, who likes too, Star yeah. Wars yeah, is going to suffer through it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, which, aside from being a terrible film, was also the <laughs> worst 3D conversion that I've ever seen. Agree. I totally agree. When I saw it, there was parts that were just so bad. Uh, I don't know. Um wasn't, and I've seen Clash of the Titans. Wasn't Resident Evil Afterlife an actual conversion, or was it actually no, shot? No, it was shot in 3D. Oh, I think okay. it was shot, yeah. Because it looked pretty bad, but that doesn't qualify. Even though I hate the Star Wars prequels, I am inex... I can't even read. Inexplicably? Thank you. Drawn okay. to them like a moth to a flame. Everybody is. Again, I... Yeah. I, I do it, too. Well, it's like once you already once it's already been fucked up for you, you kind of... It's like, well, if I watch it one more time, it can't hurt that bad. And then it does. It does. It stings. So I'll likely be seeing episodes two and three in 3D as well. We yeah, will, too. We will of course. Too. Perhaps it's a generational thing, but to me, there's something intangible about seeing a Star Wars film in the theater. Yeah. Again, he's just hitting it right on the head. I mean... Yeah. Um, as bad as they are, like it's not every day you can see Star Wars in the theater, so... Yep. Yeah. I saw a great picture of them filming the screen crawl for... Uh, Empire Strikes Back. I think it was on Slash Film. Is really cool. Um, and speaking of the Star Wars prequels, you asked which one is the best. Well, that's a difficult question, given that each is terrible in their own particular <laughs> way. Agreed. Um, like many, I initially thought Revenge of the Sith was, Sith was the best. Dude, I'm, I'm like, I think my vision's going back because I, it's everything's blurry to me now. Well, it is like twelve point type, so. <laughs> but after recently rewatching it, I think that that film overwhelms you with action. To mask how bad the rest of it is. Yes. Thank you. All right. Brad and I have vindicated. <laughs> so I am tempted to say that Attack of the Clones no! is the better film. <laughs> Christopher Lee elevates the material tremendously, and it's the most cohesive story along with an engaging mystery. I actually agree with that part. Um, uh, of course, Anakin Padme romance is unspeakably bad. Yeah. But on the plus side, the mythology of Fett and Darth and the Death Star are revealed. Additionally, Attack of the Clones has the least amount of continuity errors with the original films, which is a pet peeve of mine that irritates me to no end. While Revenge of the Sith may be the more entertaining film, my personal preference would be for Attack of the Clones, since it has a more interesting story. Hey, Dan, congratulations. You're the only person from our Real Nerds fans that says Attack of the Clones is the best one. Yeah, when we did that poll. Uh, Yeah, I... 
I've always said that I, I think that Attack of the Clones is half good. The entire storyline with uh, Obi-Wan doing that whole mystery, trying to find Kamino, all of that, mm-hmm. is awesome. It's really interesting. Getting involved with Jango Fed and all that stuff. The fight on the uh, the fight on the uh, landing pad with Jango is really cool. I like the uh, aliens, too, and... You know the oh yeah, really, yeah on that planet yeah really serene yeah. aliens but conversely the the Anakin storyline is the worst because that's the one where like he's having dreams about his mom and she gets raped to death and then like wait 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 what what movie did you watch well did she you know the, well she get raped to death the same people like take her and then like she still it's left to the imagination which yeah. I guess James's imagination <laughs> is raped to death <laughs> well, maybe Father's Day is a movie for you <laughs> oh I forgot to bring it oh, I'm sorry <laughs> that's all right I'll get it next week um well why else keep her alive if you like because you want Anakin she... to find her to kill things no see that's even uh-huh, worse uh-huh, uh-huh. oh that's the other ones that is such a bad plot device then. <laughs> Ugh. On a related topic, like you, I used to be put off by the manner w- in which accumulated film grosses are managed, especially since the Star Wars films aren't even the same films anymore. Yeah. Agreed. But, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I came to realize that re-releasing has always been a common studio practice. It really is. The, the ones that really did it was Disney. My father would tell me stories about when he was little. That once a year, Snow White would go to the Paramount Theater, and he, uh, my grandma would take him and his sister down there, and it was like a big event. Hmm. And one uh, one time it'd be Snow White, the next time it'd be Pinocchio or Bambi or whatever it'd be. So, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. They they do it all the time. Um, I'd even I even remember seeing Wizard of Oz in the theater with my mom a long time ago. Um, and then he goes on to say, before VHS studios would often release their major films every decade or so. Films like Frankenstein, Wizard of Oz, and Gone with the Wind have all had multiple re-releases. So one might say that Lucas and Cameron are just restructuring, uh, resurrecting an old Hollywood tradition by re-releasing their films with a new generation. Uh, with it, when a new generation comes of age, regards Dan. I agree 100. percent And um, I mean, we saw one today. Oh yeah. Um, and as long as it's a good movie, I'll always go see it in the theater because there's something about it. But that's just it. Like the yes, the presidents is there for. Like, okay, well, we re-release this movie, so it's more money that that movie made in theater, so it hikes up how much money that movie made in theater. But Titanic's a shitty movie, and we don't <laughs> want it to make more money in theaters because it already made all the money in theaters. So that's why it's frustrating. It's really just because it's that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck Titanic. <laughs> why can't James Cameron make fucking T2 again or something? Yeah. Fuck. Um, anyways, thanks, Dan, from Ohio. We really appreciate your, th- appreciate your thoughts because, again, they're very well thought out. Um, guys... Box office number time. Shut the fuck up, James. This is the box office stats. <laughs> I didn't even say anything that time. Um, the possession was number one with twenty-one million dollars in box office receipts. Yeah. Um, it cost fourteen million to make. And see, do you want to know why they always make those possession movies and found footage movies? Because that's how much they money. cost to make. Um, I I like uh, most of the Saw films, and the Saw films at the beginning were really cheap. Oh, I yeah. think that was the first Saw was a million bucks. I think uh, it's six million or something. Six yeah. million. It's crazy. There's a rule in Hollywood like most movies won't. Well, at least ten years ago when I was taking classes, the rule was that if your budget isn't at least three million, they won't make your movie. Wow. So unless you go the indie route, then yeah. Um, number two was Lawless, which we saw with twelve point eight million, which is uh, good. I'm I'm yeah. actually surprised it got over Expendables because it, it's a, it's a tough movie to sell. Yeah, I I thought the movie was really good, but I mean, again, you're dealing with um, 
dark subject matter, violent stuff. That stuff usually has a hard time catching on. And it'll be interesting to see how it does next week if it drops a lot, because there's a part of me that thinks that it was sold as more of an action-y kind of a movie. Yeah. That, that the word of mouth might be such that, you know... People who expected that and then were disappointed are going to tell their friends, like, oh, it was, it was no good. I was so bored. Sorry if you talk like that. I didn't mean to make fun of you. <laughs> I was so bored. I need, I need, can I get my fruit cookies? <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. No, fuck that guy. Seriously, Why is that the jerk? poor old guy? It's, it's really cold in here, NW. Can you turn it up? I need some very cookies. Okay, um, I guess we should set this up. We were after <laughs> we were done eating, uh, watching Raiders. We went to KFC to have a post movie snack, and there was an old guy in there. And first, you know, didn't think anything of it. Me and James were waiting to be held by this one lady who was doing everything at the restaurant. Yeah, and he came. He came like barreling up there. He's like, "Hey, I didn't get my free cookies." He had like three turkey necks. Yeah, like three. And he had, like food just spewing out of his mouth. Right. It's like, uh, and he was leaning over the like glass median thing that keeps you from spitting dude, your food into the our food. You know what he sounded like and what he looked like? That really fat demon in Buffy, <laughs> where he's like stuck in the sewer because he's so fat. And he's like, yeah. give me the paper I need. Yes, yeah, he did. I got my red cookies. <laughs> yeah. he, it was re- it was really cold in there. It was colder inside than it was outside. It was cold in there. It was cold outside. And so later on, when we we're eating. He didn't even get up this time. He was just yelling at this poor la- the, literally this lady oh. was doing everything in the restaurant and he was in he was sitting down and he said, "It's cold in here." It's really cold in here. And later he just kept going on and on about cookies and where he'd get cookies and which ones were good. <laughs> yeah. And he just and would not shut chocolate up. Chocolate chip cookies? Yeah. Oh, these cookies they were pretty hard. It was really I good. It. I had to eat them, but they were delicious. So I guess if he was in a tub and he was commanding vampires, we'd just strangle him to death. Or yeah. does he, you know, he gets electrocuted. Yeah. And then he says something to the Slayer. Yeah. Anyways, DVD and Blu-rays. DVD releases and Blu-rays. I'm really excited for Spartacus to come out. Yeah, uh, that's Because a big one. I never get stars, because um, I think movie channels are a waste because I buy so many movies. Yeah. Um, but that's the one show that I really loved when i saw it for the first time and that it's been a year and a half since i've seen any spartacus i mean i want to see blood and guts i want to see totally gratuitous sex and violence that's why i love spartacus having seen the season you will get all of those things yes is there going to be a part where people are murdered while they're having sex that happened in a couple seasons of spartacus yes yeah and it's not like you know oh you know throat slit no it's like heads chopped off Dicks chopped off. It's great. Oh, there's some crazy ass shit happens in that season. But also, but what really good too is though the uh, the political story behind it's really good. Um, I loved uh, John Hanna's character in the first mm, season, yeah, yeah. Batiatis. He has a great arc. Well, and this is also the first season with the new guy after. Uh, oh, what's his Andy name? Andy Whitfield. He Andy Whitfield away. died. Yeah, bummer. Mm-hmm. You like dicks chopped off in Spartacus, but you don't like dicks chopped off in Father's Day? Because <laughs> Spartacus is well made. Spartacus doesn't <laughs> then eat them. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a deleted they only, scene. You only see what they show you, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Terra Nova, the complete series, comes out. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's one more chance you have to not watch that show. <laughs> um, Titanic 3D is coming out in like five editions. Oh, uh, yeah. And, James, you've pulled up a few other things. Uh, for greater glory, 
which is that uh, Andy Garcia movie that nobody went and saw about uh, sort of a rebellion in Mexico that I heard great things about, but it was in and out of theater so quick. But uh, one that I'm really looking forward to checking out in the next couple of weeks. Um, nice. And then also, you know, sometimes, Ryan, you have a hard time finding bad zombie <laughs> movies on Netflix. But there are two coming out this week yes. called The Day the, Wa- the Dead Walked. And Born Undead, both of which have just the worst posters. Just like a dude with his mouth open, he's like, oh. And that's it. That's the whole. That's the whole cover. That's so crazy. I, you know, the new Dawn of the Dawn of the Dead remake. I think was the first movie that kind of reset the trend for zombie movies. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it sucks. This Born Undead movie is really the worst. Like that cover is just awful. It is. It came out in two thousand three, though. <laughs> oh, oh, it did great. <laughs> Oh, so this is actually just the uh, f- the finally you get it on Blu-ray, Blu-ray now. to see it in You've all its wanted glory. To see it on Blu-ray for so long. So, anyways, thank you, Digital Bits, for supplying us with DVD release information. What do I do now? Do I do uh, real news? Okay, let's unspool some real news. It's real news. It's really funny. He's really quiet when it's his turn to, you know, start doing spewing off his news. I don't always like being the first one to talk. I just always have to be the last. And I bet he's going to start off with a sad story of the week. Well, all right. Just for that, <laughs> uh, Michael Clark Duncan died. Oh, that was a bummer. That really was. Uh, he was only 54. Apparently, he had a heart attack in late July and was still recovering, but but things were still wrong, and he passed away earlier this week. Um, which, man. And I... I uh, when I went back through and was watching videos and stuff about him, I realized, well, that probably was going to happen because he talked in an interview on Larry King about how much weight they made him lose when he started being an actor. Because back when he was a uh, a security guard, or not a security guard, a bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, he was a bodyguard for a bunch of stars. Will Smith. And uh, yeah, Will Smith is one of them. Um, he was huge, you know, like a bit like bigger than Daredevil, huge. Uh, or actually, like Daredevil. like Green Mile. Yeah, he's in Daredevil. Oh, and he's pretty, he's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, Daredevil? I don't think he was Daredevil. And I actually feel bad. You know, we were going to talk about Daredevil a couple of weeks ago when Marvel got the rights back, and I wish I had, just so that I could say, I could have mentioned something about how much I, I do actually kind of like their rendition of, of Kingpin in that movie. I do, too. I had um, a friend who was really upset that they cast a black guy to be Kingpin. Yeah, and while well, well, usually that is racist mumbo-jumbo, I can kind of see that because the, the Kingpin is supposed to be like the big fat cat white dude. Like there's something about him being white that he is sort of the man, you know? But um, but I I don't mind because he was, he was good enough. Like do you see what I'm saying? Like no. it's one case where, um, okay, the idea that, you know, that image of like uh, corporate America – you know, mm-hmm. like that guy has always been sort of a fat white man. Um, and so that's why the Kingpin is and probably should be a white guy. But still, I think it, it's fine because I, I really like their the, their Kingpin in that movie. Um, just because Michael Kirk Duncan is so impressive. Yeah, he's really imposing. And he man. has that voice that is. But he can also, I mean, the Green Mile, he's so good in. I mean, he yeah. can play the gentle guy, too. Oh, yeah. Which. It's a testament he, to him as an actor. He just runs the gambit in that movie because he is both like fun and smiling and being that that Michael Clark Duncan from like the whole nine yards that we loved, and then turns around and is heartbreaking and sad and you know. 
What's his line from the whole nine yards where it's like, nothing sexier than a naked <laughs> woman holding a gun? <laughs> there ain't nothing finer than a fine-ass woman holding a gun. That's he right. says fine twice in the sentence. It's, it's great. The whole nine yards is a great movie. You should check it out. It, it <laughs> is. Um, oh, anyway, so I was saying, like, they made him lose a lot of weight. Mm. And, you know, any time that an actor does does that where they're losing, like, body mass weight, um, that can be dangerous. Uh, I mean, I'm not, not that I'm a doctor and I know what he died of. It's just It's just unfortunate. It is. Yeah. But the good thing, the only um, positive thing you can say about well, sometimes when an actor passes away, you can always relive the greatest memory of oh, yeah. uh, moments you had with them. Yeah. Uh, so Fox is going to start releasing digital versions of movies for purchase before the DVDs are actually for sale. Uh, you're going to be able to buy, for 15 bucks. you can buy like a, a digital copy of, the first one they're doing is Prometheus. Uh, on September 18th, you can buy a digital version of Prometheus for eight, for $15. When does that come out on Blu-ray normally in October? October 11th. Uh, so it's a couple of weeks. It's supposed to be two weeks. Um, and but Let me ask you a question, though. I don't know did, why. Did they don't, you don't get any special features or anything, right? Yeah, you just get and the movie. It's, it's probably going to be their, the normal, not full HD digital copies that you get when... Mm-hmm. When you buy that, and fifteen dollars is a huge price. Like that's more than I pay for most Blu-rays. Yeah. You assume that most of the cost is the, the packaging and the printing and the right. distributing. Like all those costs are figured in to make the fifteen bucks. But this has none of that. It's a file yeah. that goes onto a server and then you take it. Yeah. And, and if I'm gonna get, now it, it's gonna suck if this means they start taking digital copies off of movies. Not that I use them, but if I wanted to, I like having it. Um, but if I'm going to get that two weeks later when I buy the Blu-ray, why would I ever buy this? Like, it's still them, you know, trying to fight piracy or whatever, but this doesn't sound like the right idea. Yeah, sometimes it's, I think they believe, I mean, I, I see both sides of it. A lot of people now are going to digital everything. Yeah. So they think if they have an a, access to people where you just do it digitally that they're going to make money. I mean, 15 bucks? Are you kidding me? How much money do you possibly have to have those files in a server that people upload. Yeah. Nothing. I'm, I'm sure there's an initial cost of, I don't even know. I mean, yeah. well, there has to be a well, person to actually move the file. Yeah. That guy's job. That yeah. guy's job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, he copies them. He's gets a flash and drive it, in the mail. Someone and, who yeah. makes sure it's encoded, right? I suppose. And they got to keep servers running somewhere. Quality control. But, uh, but they're going to have those servers anyway. Um, the, I think the real reason they're doing this is that it's not just the DVD uh, release. It's also Netflix and video on demand and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that way, like somebody who really wants to see Prometheus and doesn't want to wait till it gets on Netflix, which is already there anyway, because when it gets released on DVD, you can rent it as a disc on Netflix, but it's not going to be on streaming for a while. Um, but like that, that person who's really impatient could finally see it. But I don't think they've thought about the fact that like, yes, it's them fighting online piracy, but it also means that two weeks before your DVD comes out, you're going to give people who pay $15 a digital copy, which they can then let people torrent. Like, it's probably going to drive DVD sales down, if anything else. So, like, do people not like special features anymore? I actually think that most people don't watch them. I think mm-hmm. that I think that, you know, movie files like us who mm-hmm. really dig that stuff do, but the the vast majority. Yeah, you know, my guess. mom. Yeah, my my brother. He always gets like the standard edition of movies where it's yeah. the movie and that's it. Every so now and then, like my folks will watch one, but uh, but most of the time, oh oh no! Recently, my mom was watching um, 
was it Star Trek on uh, DVD on TV, that thing that FX does, mm-hmm. where they show some of the DVD extra features. And she was talking about how cool they were. And I looked at her and I went, Mom, you have those. <laughs> li- and she didn't even realize that like that that's what that show was. She thought they were showing some documentary about the movie at the same time. And I was like, no, no, that's literally the stuff from the DVD you own. You know, anytime that you throw that movie in, you could just watch that stuff. And yeah, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people just never think to to do it. Huh. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's the, my thing. I miss getting the trailer and the special features. It's weird. You miss getting the trailer? Yeah. Do you really watch the trailers on the DVDs? Yeah, it's like a little sample of the marketing effort from that time period. Yeah. Well, anytime I watch a, I, I want to see a trailer. Like, even today, I was thinking, oh, I got to go back and see what the Raiders of the Lost Ark trailer looked like. I'm just going to go to YouTube and look that up. So I don't, I don't care about that one as much on the on the DVD, but... Well, older ones, not all of them are easily available oh, online. So, like, right. yeah, yeah, that's true. For instance, the Raiders of the Lost Ark trailer. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure that's online. It's very uh, difficult to find um, the right one. Oh, okay, all right. IMAX readily available. Classic one, not so much. Huh. <laughs> Got to do some more digging for huh. that one. Good. He needs. To, he need, you need more work to do for editing. I know. Yeah. This job is too easy. We'll just find the Oogie Loves trailer and throw that in. <laughs> it's Oogie Loves for the next five weeks. Or no, no, throw the trailer for the words in instead, since that's what we could have gotten to see today. Um, that movie's probably really good. I don't know why I make fun of it so much. Uh, yeah, not, not according to critics. It's like at 10% or something Ooh. on the tomato meter. Ooh, that's harsh. Uh, Sean Ryan. I got two Sean Ryan newses here, so I'm just going to bundle them in together. You guys probably don't know who Sean Ryan is, but he created The Shield. Um, and a couple of years ago, he created one of my favorite little gems of a show, which was called Terriers, which nobody watched because they thought it was about dogs. Uh, but it actually was about these two like PIs in San Francisco, I believe. Um, and and why is it great. called Terriers? I don't know. There's one line huh. in the first. Why week. is it on TV anymore? Uh, <laughs> that's why. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, no. And I said this from the end. The, the original. Netflix. The original poster for the show was a giant terrier that took up 80% of the poster, and then at the top, standing on the ground behind the dog, there were these two guys. And like, there <laughs> is a dog in the trailer in the show, but it's not a terrier, and there's a line at the, in the first episode where the guys are called terriers, but you don't understand why, like what the metaphor there is. Um, so it really is. If they titled the show something else, it probably would have been the best show on FX. Um, but I loved the first season, and it got unfairly canceled. Uh, so actually totally fairly canceled, but people should have watched it and it's on Netflix. Now you can watch it. Um, but he's trying to make a movie and he's going to do it Kickstarter style. Uh, and I haven't heard of somebody trying to do a, like a big movie through Kickstarter. You know, we hear about a lot of indie movies and stuff like that. And yes, this would be fairly indie. Um, I don't think he's done it yet, but he's been talking in interviews about that's how he wants to do it. Um, and it would be interesting because if it succeeds, it might be a good way for, the Party Down movies, the Veronica Mars movies, uh, those kinds of things to actually get off the ground um, because, unfortunately, studios don't care enough about them, but the fans do. Uh, And, obviously, Serenity didn't do well, so that didn't break the mold on that one. Uh, He also landed a show at CBS, which is a TV version of Beverly Hills Cop. I heard Eddie Murphy's going to be in it. Yeah, but it's about Is he going to put bananas in tailpipes? uh, Probably not. (laughs) They did that. Some of my favorite jokes from Clerks. Uh, the uh, it's going to be about his son, which I think is a horrible move. <laughs> like I, I feel like if you were going to do a show about like a, you know, he's a wacky cop in Beverly Hills, um, <laughs> then why not? Why not just get a new character and start over again? Like the whole oh, it's his son. It's very it's very son of the Pink Panther to do that, and and that wasn't a good movie. 
They're going to try and make another Wonder Woman TV show on the CW. Cool. Which, I don't know if you guys have seen the the uh, Arrow trailer, but of course it looks pretty bad. Um, and instead of getting the guys from some other crappy chick flick show uh, to make it, uh, this time they got the guys who made or the guy who made Grey's Anatomy and the OC. Nice. That's a just a recipe for great female empowerment television. Um, Dude, the OC is so money. I don't even remember that show. Was it only on for like two seasons? No, it was actually pretty popular. Was it? it? Maybe four seasons. (laughs) Yeah, it was good to watch. Whatever happened to Misha Barton? It was really good to watch with the sound off. You do that? Just like put on the OC, turn off the sound, and just kick back, relax, (laughs) have a have a yoo-hoo, and I I never did that. No, anyway, Uh, Olivia Munn or Olivia Wilde was on that show for a while. Was she? Yeah, she's cute. That's like where she got her, you know, big start. Um. But anyway, oh, and it's going to be titled Amazon, or at least for now it is. Don't want to see that. G4 is gone. The channel G4 is gone, which is not a surprise because it's been real bad for a long time. And uh, apparently, I haven't had it because DirecTV doesn't carry it anymore. Another sign that it's not doing well. But uh, uh, apparently, Kevin Pereira left around the time of of San Diego Comic-Con. He did. Which, without him on Attack of the Show, there is no Attack of the Show. Like, he was what sort of ran the balance between being ridiculous and actually being serious because he could do good interviews. I know, I love Kevin also, Pereira. Yeah, he was fantastic. He um, uh, He's doing a digital movie kind of thing, though. I read about it. Oh, That's cool. why he left, because he started his own digital company. Huh. Hmm. He probably also left because he knew that the, sink was sh- the ship was sinking. Um, they're going to make it more like GQ, a magazine that no one reads. So uh, that won't be watched either. That's Gentleman's Quarterly. A lot of people read that magazine. Yeah, it's a magazine. Yeah, I like magazines. Eh. It's it's about the style, James, not about the content. But uh, the reason the reason I bring this up though is because the unfortunate thing is as as unpopular as G four was and as I didn't even realize it was that unpopular. Yeah, like I never watch it just because I feel like it caters to like this other nerd circle that I'm not into. Yeah, it's a you know, there's a lot of dudeness in there. A lot of, you know, hey, here's some hot chicks and some stupid videos and stuff like that, but it was the only channel that was doing video game news or pop culture news or interviewing like two weeks ago no, no, a month ago they had um uh oh crap, now his um Dan Harmon was interviewed by Mark Marin, which is awesome. Like Mark Barron runs a great podcast over you know, at WTF and is an amazing interviewer. None of the main channels are ever going to hire him to do interviews, and they're certainly not going to then have Dan Harmon on their show to talk about anything. And the interview is fantastic, and nobody else, no other channel, would have done something like that. Um, and it's really a shame. Like that's what was great about G Four, uh, and and they were going to talk about sort of geek culture stuff that nobody else does. Yeah, I had always fun when they did like the E3 shows and Comic-Con shows. Oh, yeah. I loved them back in 2002 when they started up because they had like yeah. really uh, like not typical programming. Like what they had that Icon show which was like behind the music but for video gamers so and they had like the, Shigeru uh, Miyamoto documentaries and stuff. Yeah. What was it? They used to show video game Cinematech. Cinematech. I yeah, love that, that show too. Just what, it was just video game footage, right? Yeah. And yeah. Then, but they'd show cutscenes and But yeah, the FMVs from Video games, you know, is cool. But yeah, exactly. It's a, I mean, and and because they failed, nobody else is going to try that. And, and part of that is being, because, sorry, I was going to say that I think they failed by trying to be 
too mainstream. Too mainstream. Well, I, I think too mainstream happened slowly over time. Well, like Which the I cop know. show thing is because they weren't making money. Cop shows was where they having airing cops all day is actually where they made their money. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, there was an hour and a half for the last couple of years every day where that channel was actually good, um, and it was. I wish being different could make you money, but yeah. it doesn't. And I think part of it is just that a lot of the, the people who are into that stuff are also on the internet a lot, and so they don't need a place on television where they can get that. I'm blaming um, Adam Sessler. <laughs> well, he he left even longer Did ago. he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's now. been gone for a while. Um, it's it, okay. may, maybe, maybe eight months, just before hmm. E3, whenever that was. Um, I imagine someone else is going to step in and fill the void, so... I don't think we should cry too much. I don't. Yeah. I really don't. I'll miss Ninja I, Warrior, though. <laughs> That's always fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. I forgot a minute. It'll probably end up on Spike. <laughs> they had a... <laughs> <laughs> they, they had did. some fucking ridiculous shit on there, though. They had one where it was just, like, them showing bizarre and usually, like, creepily erotic videos from all over the world. Just like here's some women from Australia doing weird shit with a balloon. Oh, it was uh, oh yeah, international was sexy up. ladies. Yes, <laughs> no, what was international that? sexy ladies. Yes, that's what that show was called. What was that one show? I always thought it was really funny. Uh, I don't know if it was on Spike or G4, but it was a Japanese game show, and they had it, oh MXC. Uh, yeah, yeah. MXC. that was on TNT. Was it TNT? I or, or TBS? One of the two. <laughs> I don't think it was on one of those ones. Yeah, well, it was on one of the forties. But I still, I still, I used to laugh at that show. Yeah, <laughs> when they had the people just yell the random stuff when they would jump out and the game show I always wanted to just see like a normal episode of the game show because it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen when you jump on a fish and have to jump across <laughs> obstacles Japanese anyways what else you got for us James right, uh, Brad I want to know how you would feel rumor has it this week that there's going to be a director's cut of The Dark Knight Rises uh, do you want that I wouldn't mind that, but I I've already heard uh, Christopher Nolan because uh, this was this rumor came out for the Dark Knight, but and I think Batman Begins too, where people want you know where's the deleted scenes, where's all the extra footage, and yeah. Christopher Nolan says you know I put the movie that I want on the screen, yeah, all the extra footage doesn't matter anymore, so to me, so if he does a director's cut, I'll be surprised, but I'm not expecting one. I think. Um yeah, like Joss Whedon said the same thing about Avengers, but obviously he's going to put the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray because I desperately want to see some of them because some of them were really cool stuff that he had to heartbreakingly cut. But uh, um, the the difference that th- here is that he clearly cut some stuff out of this movie just because it was so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you start cutting stuff for time, that's when it's not necessarily an artistic choice. I mean, it is because you have to be able to keep the pace of the movie and things like that. But it might be stuff that you really thought should have been in the movie, but just you couldn't leave it in there. Like financially, you just wasn't an option. So I could actually see this happening. Uh, I believe it a little bit more this time. Um, it's it's mostly there's apparently, I think it's like 20 minutes, um, but it's like the origin of Bane as well as some more scenes with uh, Ra's al Ghul, um, which would be cool. I'd like to see them. Yeah, I don't necessarily need the origin of Bane. Like, I kind of figured it out through the movie, watching it. But, um, you know, if there's stuff that explains, you know, all those things that people have gripes about, where it's like, oh, how did he do this in this amount of time? Or, you know, how did he know that information? That stuff, I wouldn't mind having back in if that exists even. So. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Never know. I I care more about what the box art looks like. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd buy it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna buy it. It's anyway. a guaranteed sale for sure. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like they could, it could be bare bones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, piece of news that dropped just before we started the show. Uh, they're going to make a Joe Paterno movie in the next year starring Al Pacino. Um, all they're saying is that it's probably going to be based on this Paterno book that is like at the top of the New York Times bestseller list right now. Uh, but we don't know whether or not it's going to involve or revolve around the whole scandal from a year ago. Um, and I, I really don't think they should do this. I, I think it's, it's both too soon after a guy dies and too soon after a, uh, a scandal like this, but it's just, I, I don't know how you talk about this in any way that's any good for anybody. Someone comes into the, the coach's office and he says, coach, Mr. Sandusky's molesting a boy. Hoo Is that the, oh. the, the line that we're going to, we're going to have? I want to see that movie. <laughs> um, I mean, if you want to make a movie about a really good coach, then don't just go watch Friday night lights. But or make one like, about Vince Lombardi or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't know why you pick this guy. You pick this guy because he's popular and you think people are going to see it. But it's not necessarily going to be an inter- the most interesting story. I think it's because it's so topical right now. I mean, unless you talk about that story, if you yeah. if you revolve it around that incident and really delve into it and make that a, a complex, interesting story, then okay. But at the same time, should you even do that? Like, I don't think you when, should. You know, it's it's been too. It's way too soon. There are real people who are really hurt by this, and it shouldn't. It should probably be left alone. If you want to write that movie, write, go. You know, write a movie about two different people that had the same experience. Um, Was that World Trade Center movie popular? It did okay. It did okay. Um, same thing with like United ninety three. Didn't blow up the box office, but everybody said they loved it. I love United ninety three. Yeah. I you said but it at the box office. You're an asshole. Oh fuck! <laughs> what is no, that? Oh, <laughs> oh, Brad. See, you made it worse. No, I'm just I was making a point, and then you. Um, yeah. Anywho, Daniel Craig's gonna be in two more Bond movies, probably. Sweet. Yep. He's a badass Bond, and, and the new Bond looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Oh, that trailer's so good. Yep. Though I kind of hate that there's that little clip about you know introducing Q. I'm like, no, just do it in the movie. <laughs> you know. Yeah, still looks cool to me. And that's news. Brad, you got anything? Nope, you got it all. Nice. So this week on Comic Corner, I'm doing something special. I'm just kidding. Comic Corner. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. James has a comic for us on Comic Corner. I do, because I'm not tired of talking yet. Um, <laughs> while I was on vacation, uh, one of the things that I finally got to read through was a trade that I've had for a while. It's a Brian K. Vaughn book called Pride of Baghdad. Have you ever heard of it, Ryan? I have heard of it. Um, it was one that he did a while back. Um, it's just, you know, one trade, you know, easy to read. You can read it in an afternoon. Uh, and it's about when we, during the war in Iraq, uh, we there was a, a time where we, we dropped some bombs on Baghdad, surprise. And during that bombing, we actually accidentally bombed a zoo there and released a bunch of animals 12 monkeys style into baghdad so that when soldiers came in they there were like zoo animals all over the place uh and it's about it it follows these four lions who were in that zoo and get released and sort of this story that they have going through the town it's all very you know uh, the lion king-esque because they talk and things like that and there are other animals and they can talk to the other animals and um but it's, it's really good like it is both subtly political in some of the things that it says, but it's also just a fun, 
heartwarming, well, sometimes heartwarming, sometimes heart-wrenching book. Man, at the end they fight a giant fucking bear and it's totally badass. <laughs> uh, it's it's really good. Uh, so you should check it out. It's an it's an easy sell because uh, you can yeah, find yeah, it all lion fighting bears. Yeah, dude, lions fighting bears, man. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't know that was actually about because I remember the artwork for it was just lions and yeah. uh, kind of in a you know desert coloring style. Yeah. So oh, I didn't know the, it was actually about lions. The art is really good. Um, yeah. So go check that out. You can pick it up at uh, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for sure, uh, where you'll get it for what twenty percent off? Twenty percent off. Man, that's impressive. When we were at the comic auction, people kept on asking me questions about Mile High Comics. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Oh, I know. They and then I remember that our our shirts kind of look like the Mile High Comics guy's shirts. <laughs> yeah, I had that too. <laughs> there was a guy. I was I was looking through um, those uh, Nightwing books, and a guy behind me was like, "Hey, do you work here?" And I was like, "I don't, but how can I help you?" And then I realized, "Oh, I work in retail. Why did I ask him? <laughs> how can I help you?" Oh, it was so bad. Like, I don't. I can't help you. How can I help? I uh, I can shut up. And let you find somebody who knows this place. Does this look like a woodchuck? I don't think so. <laughs> That's what it is? Yeah. yeah. Oh. He has a name. I, don't, I forget what it is, though. Yeah, he, it's, uh, yeah, he has a name. I forget what it is as well. Huh. Because of Chuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. Probably is Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably Chuck the I still got to, yeah. man, I got to remember, remind me next time I'm there to ask him if I can do an interview. I keep on forgetting. I really want to sit yeah. down with that guy. Yeah. That'd be good. Then I can ask him about the woodchuck. What's that woodchuck's name? Because as long as I've been collecting comics, even Spider-Man comics in the 80s, they used to have an ad in there for Mile High Comics. And the woodchuck was always part of the, the ad. Awesome. So now it's time for Stuff We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. That was my Oprah moment. <laughs> You watched a movie. You watched a movie. <laughs> I watched a movie. Um, I watched a few things this week. Um, the the oh, I'm trying to think of the best one to start with. Uh, I got the best for last. I st- I got Ooh. Singing in the Rain, 60th anniversary. Oh yeah. And it I I remember liking it a lot as a kid, but I haven't seen it in so long. Hmm. I don't remember it's so screwball. Yeah. It's a total make screw- them dances in that movie. <laughs> yeah, total screwball comedy mixed in with amazing um music and dance numbers and wonderful acting um gene kelly plays it, it's kind of like the artist gene kelly plays a silent movie star and he's he's really charismatic and he can dance he can sing he can do just about anything and uh <laughs> he his co-star is this lady and she talks like this and so when <laughs> so when talkies become the new big thing they don't want to have her voice because it's horrible and uh so they meet uh debbie reynolds and uh she has a great singing voice and can you know dance and so they dub her over and then the, it's really funny you'd mm. have to watch it and uh of course the big number is not even a gene kelly one even though he has singing in the rain which is really awesome but uh the co-star i forget his name but he does that song make them laugh make them laugh and he's doing flips through this on the stage and it's fucking amazing yeah and you're like what? how are they doing this and uh he does that thing where he, he lays on the floor and then runs sideways like in a circle yeah and then he also runs up the side of the sets and does backflips and stuff and while he's performing and singing and dancing uh, i forget his name but he's really really good in it and gene kelly is super charismatic 
Uh, he plays, uh, you know, kind of a Playboy movie star, and everybody should check out. Fred Astaire's uh, not in it. Uh, no, oh. it's Gene Kelly. Okay. You should definitely check it out because the dancing in it is really good. The acting in it's really good. This music's amazing, and it's one of those movies that you should just definitely see because you know it's a classic. If you uh, if you accidentally go to IMDb and you type in singing with a G. Uh, you actually pull up The Singing Detective with Robert Downey Robert Jr. Robert Downey Jr., which is a really weird movie. I own it if you guys ever want to watch it. Um, Do- Donald O'Connor is why I was looking it up, because Donald O'Connor plays the the funny guy. Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you should definitely pick up Singing in the Rain. Um, I got it on Blu-ray at Barnes & Noble. Surprisingly, there's still a Barnes & Noble that sells Blu-rays. It's in <laughs> um, Southwest Plaza, and it was 10 bucks. so huh. totally worth it. Yeah. yeah. That's the first time I've ever heard of a Barnes and Noble selling a movie for ten bucks. Well, because they were forty percent off, all their Blu-rays were forty percent oh, off. Because they were trying to not have a DVD section anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I also saw Euro Dreams of Sushi. Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce his name. It's J I R O. I think it's Jiro. Jiro. Yeah. Um, and it's it's okay. I mean, it's interesting. Um, it's not a bad documentary, but it's literally he he goes to sleep and he dreams of making sushi and he's 85 years old and the only days he takes off is <laughs> national holidays and he gets all pissed that he has to be closed on national holidays and his sushi is $300 like a plate wow uh, I think that's 30,000 yen I think it's $300 mm. and you only sit down for 15 minutes and it's the craziest restaurant it's in this uh, like subway station and there's only 10 seats and you sit up there, and he sits there, and he makes your piece of sushi, and he puts it up there. You eat it. If you want more, he makes another one, and that's all it is, wow. like one piece at a time. And he uh, he has these guys who go, and they have to find specific tuna, and um, he has an older son who's, fif- uh, who's 50 that in the Japanese culture, he takes over his restaurant, but he's 85, and he doesn't want to retire, so he's literally still doing like apprentice jobs. And uh, it's it's an interesting um, look at a different culture because he also has a younger son who has his own restaurant based on his father's recipes. Um, but the older son can't have his own restaurant because in their culture, the older son follows in the father's footsteps. Wow. So he gets the other. Re- it's it's really interesting. And but the younger son charges way less for the same sushi because his father is such a sushi connoisseur connoisseur exactly that he can charge as much and he doesn't believe that his sushis will ever be as good as his father's even though they basically make the same sushi hmm. so it's kind of interesting to watch you can get it on netflix streaming for free um it was, it was an interesting movie i mean i have nothing bad to say about it i mean nothing like really happens in it, it. didn't and blow you away but yeah but it's still fun yeah. you know it's not it's just interesting seeing this guy who just for you know he's 85 and he still works hard and um but he does a lot of things where he tastes the food and um, like the the rice has to be cooked the right way and um, just the painstaking steps he goes to to well, for three hundred dollars I'd hope so yeah it's uh, also it's awarded a Michelin star uh, yeah I think yes he, he got two Michelin stars for it Michelin stars is a a huge it, it's in Ratatouille yeah. like it's a you're awarded a certain amount of stars for how good the restaurant is and for only ten seats in this restaurant and it's not full service it's not you know, let me pour your wine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty uh, impressive feat for it to be that way. So, yeah, I should check that one out. Streaming for free on Netflix. Um, 
I also watched Master Chef, and I hardly ever say anything about reality show, <laughs> but um, and I hardly ever root, but for him. But there's this one girl who's blind on Master Chef, and um, she makes the most amazing food. And uh, I posted on Facebook her apple pie that she baked because she can't see it baking; she just guesses when it's done and uses her her taste because her taste is so refined. And she just puts out this amazing food. And this one, Ramsey was talking to her about her apple pie. is like trying not to cry because he's talking how beautiful it was and that she knows how to bake and it tastes amazing. And it's the best apple pie he's ever had. And and she's she's crying because she thought she made a horrible apple pie. Um, it's, it's funny because you posted that video and at no point in the YouTube video does it tell you that she's blind. Like, I didn't pick it up. It was just that scene. And so I was like, why is he, like, scraping the top of it and telling her that it sounds crunchy? Like, what? Can't she see that it's crunchy? <laughs> what is wrong with this woman? And then, of course, you told me later that week that she's blind. And I was like, oh, now now it's really sweet. Now, because when, when you watch it without knowing that, it seems like he's talking down to her, like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, it was the, the final three this week. Ooh. And she was one of them. And there's this one girl, and her name was Becky. She was so fucking annoying because every time Gordon Ramsay or the two other celebrity chefs would say, "Oh, your food's really good," she'd start crying. She's like, "Thank you so much." And she just got really on my fucking nerves. And uh, so they they had the final thing where they had to cook a leg of something. Mm. And Christine, who's the blind girl, won the original challenge of make something that's you on a plate. And she made pan seared scallops in rice noodles with uh, like a chili sauce and uh, they're saying how great it was and she won. So she picked um, fried, she got chicken legs and she made fried chicken and Gordon Ramsay says the best fried chicken he's ever had. And uh, so she got into the, she got into the finals, I guess is the whole point of the thing. So I really want to see her win because she's blind and she's like the nicest lady. Did Becky get kicked off? She did. did. They, oh, okay. Cause she, uh, she got, she lost the previous challenge because she made something they didn't, weren't impressed with. And she got stuck with frog legs. So Aww. she's never cooked frog legs before. So she started crying going, I've never cooked frog legs before. And I just wanted them to taste good. Oh, gosh. She's fucking annoying. <laughs> like, why are you crying? Grow some fucking balls. Whoa. Um, anyways, and then the, the last thing I watched was all by myself, mind you. I, uh, I went to <laughs> a movie theater at 1 o'clock on a Wednesday. And I went. What a sad person! You <laughs> I are. know, right? I went and saw Celeste and Jesse forever. Oh uh, yeah! And I was the only one in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I got a free movie ticket when they swiped my card at the at the box office. I got free popcorn. Um, I bought a three fifty soda. And when I went in there, um, I got there just before the movie started, and the the previews didn't have any um, projection. I was like, oh, maybe it's just for the previews, and they're warming up the lens or something. Yeah. And then the movie started, and it didn't have a picture either. So I walked down. I found the manager. I said, "Hey, dude, um, you know the proje- the picture isn't coming up on this." He says, "Oh, I'll get that for you. I'm so sorry, not knowing I didn't pay for it." And uh, <laughs> so it comes on, and then he rewinds the movie to start at the beginning, um, and then about a minute into the movie, he comes in and gives me free M and M's. Like I literally was by myself watching a movie, did, <laughs> paid three dollars to get it's a costing soda. them to project. <laughs> it's yeah. costing them money for me to be there. <laughs> You should have gone back out of the lobby and be like, I want my free cookies. Yeah. I want all the harm. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a great experience. And the movie was really, really good. Oh, good. Um, What's that one about? 
um, Andy Samberg and Rashida Jones play a married couple that the movie starts off and they're really cute and they're meeting their friends for dinner and they have this great chemistry and then you find out they're getting a divorce <laughs> and yeah. um, so it's a really interesting movie where these people are so right for each other but as the movie progresses you see maybe they're not right for each other and maybe they weren't in a healthy relationship and the movie's really good and it has a great joke in it. Um, Rashida Jones is giving a toast. And to break the ice at this wedding, she goes up there and says, how do you get a nun pregnant? And she says, you fuck her. <laughs> and uh, there's just this one laugh in the distance. And she says, thank you, Father. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of little things like that that are really funny. Um and they were funny to the entire audience who saw yeah, them that yeah, afternoon. The, the one guy who was there. But the movie is really well done, and it's it kind of got lost because um, it was an independent movie, anyways. And, um, and it's a weird time of year. It is. Like and it's getting into the fall where that kind of stuff can flourish. But there's still some you know bigger box office. Yeah, movies. I can see why Two Y isn't popular because you're rooting for these characters, but they keep on making mistakes anybody would make when you're in a relationship. I mean, right. it, it seems really real. And they won't let go of their past. And um, as it progresses, you you think maybe they aren't perfect for each other, and that maybe they should. They're not growing as a character by being together. They grow as a character more when they're not with each other. Mm. So it's kind of an interesting way because you know they'll grow a little bit, and then they want to get back together with that person, and then they realize maybe this won't work, and then it, it, you have to. It's a good movie. I liked it a lot. At any point, does Andy Andy Samberg find out that? Uh, her nickname in high school was Finger Cuffs? No. That doesn't happen. Okay. That's Chasing it. Amy. It's a good movie. That's what I watched this week, guys. Wait, you said you saw three movies in the theater this week all alone. No, this no, no, year. No, he has seen three movies all, yeah. Oh, yeah, this year. Oh, all alone. That's what my tweet was about. I was like, really? Three times in one week? <laughs> you have to sit in the theater by yourself while I'm, I'm pretty suffering? Sure, I'm pretty sure oh. I was going to go see Hit and Run. I'm pretty sure if I saw it midday, I might see it by myself. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you meant when you said you wanted his, his superpower because you yeah. wanted to be able to see movies alone. I got you. Yeah. It's still nice. Yeah. There's a part of me that's always a little sad when there's nobody in the theater. And not because I don't want it to do well, but I, I'm one of those people who likes when an, a whole audience is reacting to a movie. Yeah. Like, they're, like it's tonight. It's a fun movie, but if it's yeah. like a movie I'm invested in like and it's got thought-provoking ideas, I don't want some chatty. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't want assholes. But I want a good audience. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't mind, but stuff like that, I'd actually prefer kind of watch by myself uh-huh. because it's, I mean, it's a comedy, but it's also kind of a drama. So I don't want to, when it's not funny, I don't want people to say, psh, 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 that's not funny. Psh, psh, he's making yeah. a mistake. What was it? Who's that person? Have we seen them before? Yeah. I hate that one. Oh, man. And I hate it. Just like, if it, even there's like a small audience, like some person was come sit down right like yeah. spread out dude hey brad what did you see this week so i watched father's day finally oh right since i have the blu-ray now from ryan and do, uh do you still like it how is that movie it lose it lost some of its punch <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i still enjoy it and i've totally forgot about what i think is my favorite part is when they're tripping berries mm-hmm. tripping on berries in the forest and uh the priest has the vision of god mm-hmm. he's like is that you is that you god and then mm-hmm. that translucent like uh image of a jaguar face comes out of the woods and oh, it yeah. starts like growling at him and then the subtitle is you guys are fucked <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah i have to watch this goddamn piece of shit there, i mean there's parts in it that are funny like i yeah. love when he points at the, the there's chris fuckman f- yeah the fuckman and he shoots him <laughs> yeah. that's pretty funny on accident on yeah. accident and then he chases him and kills him and like mur- he murders him and 
really violently, and he throws him off the edge of this <laughs> thing, and he splats on the cement. He's, he he's says, let's go done, finish yeah. him off. <laughs> and he's totally dead. But and then when the in the strip club, like Chris Malkin pushes that stripper's face into the chainsaw. Yeah. Some pretty good gore effects. <laughs> what yeah. the f- no, you, you cannot explain this movie, James. I'm sorry. Man. Every time you say something, it's like this can't be from the same movie. <laughs> it is. Like these things can't, like it would have to be the most nonsensical, random, just like, like, just, ah. Uh, uh, or when they're in hell and the priest, you know, gets sideswiped by the monster and he's just a torso. <laughs> <but still. laughs> See? You did it again. Yeah. You <laughs> did it again. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. That's uh yeah like it, it was it wasn't as impressive the second time around but um, I still enjoy it, um and then I s- went out and saw two movies one the first one being Robot and Frank, I really wanted to see that one yeah what's I wish Ro- you I've did. never heard of this what's Robot and Frank Frank Langella Langella oh um, plays an old shut in sort of um well the the point I want to make is like I read the synopsis and went in and saw the movie and didn't see the movie that I think I read. <laughs> Oh, oh, and right. it was much more impressive. Um, yeah, he plays kind of a shut-in um, who uh, who plays Cyclops, James Marsden. Oh, James uh, Bar- Marsters is oh, a yeah. son. He shows James up one Marsden. day. Marsden, Marsden, Marsters <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> Spike yeah. from Buffy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shows up um, to take care of his dad. Like every week, he drives an incredibly long distance, like five hours, to make sure his dad's okay each week. Uh, his dad like lives in the woods. Um, uh, not in like a cabin or something, but just like kind of in a rural area. Shack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, like he, you know, he wants to spend more time with his kids on the weekends instead. So he decides to pick up. It's just kind of in the f- not too distant future. So he brings along this robot that is apparently like just like a caregiver style robot. Mm. Um, Ooba. And of course, being an old man, he's totally opposed to technology. Like he doesn't want this in his house. He doesn't need to be taken care of because he's too prideful. Um, and so his son leaves it with him. Uh, he also has a daughter that's off doing like community service work, like going into foreign countries and like redeveloping stuff. Yeah. And so she's opposed to the robot too. Like she doesn't want robots taking care of her dad and stuff. So because they're murderers. <laughs> yeah. Murder. He actually makes a joke about it, murdering him in his sleep. Um, <laughs> but then like, as he kind of has to suffer with having this robot there, cause he can't just get rid of it right away. Um, the, uh, right away it's revealed that he ha- he's a kleptomaniac so that means he likes sex right no, the, no those are the ones who fall asleep a lot no a person who steals things James oh right okay <laughs> this guy's a writer what the hell I know right <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be good with language um, so w- on his free time he'll go into the city and usually he'll go to the library and check out a book because um, he kind of has a crush for this woman librarian but mm-hmm. the library is currently being redeveloped as like a hipster like it's all about the atmosphere of the library so they're getting rid of all the books making them all digital <laughs> um and it's just like a hangout spot in a library so you're supposed to feel like you're in a library but there's actually oh, nothing to read that's awesome no it's not <laughs> no no i mean not if, as that, an idea. Tra- if that actually but, transpired i would probably no that's what i mean like as, a, as an, <laughs> an idea of where libraries are going i think that's awesome not that not that i would ever want that to happen that's what i mean you can make a hangout spot. Just keep the books there. Anyway, so um, he goes like he'll go into this like soap shop or Bath and Body Works style shop, mm. um, and he'll like steal soaps. And uh, <laughs> um, and actually, the first scene of the movie is like he's stealing stuff from his own house because <laughs> and like putting it in a safe and whatnot. So anyway, 
fast forward, he's dealing with, he's got this robot that he doesn't want. And then he, you know, through conversation figured out that figures out that the only thing the robot cares about is taking care of him. So the robot doesn't have like these limited, like prime directives, like mm-hmm. all the, as long as he stays alive, that's all the robot cares about. So he'll train the robot to like pick locks and, uh, like lie to people <laughs> and like figure out security systems. Um, and yeah, like it goes in the story of like him stealing things and <laughs> plotting all these crimes. And then, uh, there's a really like heartbreaking twist to all that, which I want to save for everybody. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So yeah, where, I really enjoyed that movie. Where is it at? Is it at the film center? It's at the Share Artiste right now. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I, I don't know. It's Friday now, so it was last week. Right. Yeah. Such limited runs there. Yeah. And then I also saw Compliance, which is a movie based on that. I've seen the like security cam footage and all those reality documentary yeah. shows about this girl who um, is accused of stealing um, a customer's money. She works in a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it was, it was McDonald's it was or McDonald's. Wendy's. Yeah. Um, but it's not important. They don't. It's not said in the in the movie it's just a right. fast food restaurant yeah uh so this girl is accused of being stealing from a customer by the police are on the other end of this phone they call the chain itself and the manager there they tell her you need to detain this girl until we can get there so we can search her for the money and uh this supposed officer on the other end of the line is making up more and more ridiculous reasons why they have to det- detain her and it gets very creepy and very like sexual. Um, and this girl is just completely like, exploited and like tricked into doing all these things. And amazingly, no one in the restaurant seems to question it. Like yeah. some, some of the employees do, but they don't like fight too hard to stop it. Right. Um, so, but it's like so absurd. You're just, you're just blown away by like, how could no one have stopped this? Like there's, it's, it's mind blowing. Like and that this d- even happened, and because it's a true story, does it make it even more um, unusual? Like, well, I feel like because like having seen the actual like documentary part of it, like on TV, the footage, like I feel this the movie itself was a very paint by numbers. Like they just took exactly what happened and made a dramatization of it. So yeah. you saw all the facts again. Like there's no, it doesn't seem like any characters had their own like developed personality. Like the actors didn't make up. Like right. it just seems like they did exactly what happened. Mm. So it's just kind of like reliving all that information in a very stylized and, um, you know, glossed over kind of way. It's one of those things that I, I, I was interested in seeing it, but the thing that I'm most afraid of is that, um, is that because it is so ridiculous, like that, that it would, it's something that would be hard to believe if it weren't real. Like, th- yeah. was that a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like the what's that prison experiment thing, you know, where all the kids turn on each other and beat each other up and make fun of each other. Um, it, you know, it feels yeah, like they, that. Where it's they separate like separate them into prisoners, and the other half is they and like officers, arm them, yeah, and they totally abuse their power. Right, like it, it feels like that. Where it's one of these things where like you 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 believe that it's true because it happens, but as a movie, I don't know if it would actually hold together. Does it actually like? Is it a, is it a good movie? I think is what I'm getting at. It's just okay, cause, but it's just, it's just just because it adheres to the source material yeah. so accurately i guess yeah like there's no personality to it it's just like oh that's what happened i remember that and they're hearing about that and how does like when the blowjob part comes like you're just like oh shit how did like how did this go that far like this is ridiculous yeah Yeah. so it's just kind of depressing i guess really (laughs) that someone got away with that well actually i the movie 
No, I'd say. How is the main actress? Is she pretty good? Yeah, everyone's like just good. Yeah. Like they do the characters like yeah. as they should be, you know. But doesn't blow you away or anything. Cuz sometimes sometimes on a movie like this like that's the thing that's special is that they cast the right person and yeah. the next the next year that person's in every movie. Um I feel like um if if that's the goal is just completely recreate exactly what happened, then they did an amazing job cuz a lot of those characters feel like real people. Yeah. Like they aren't characters. Right. So if that was the goal, then they succeeded. But okay. I think I was kind of looking for a little more of like, where else could you take this idea mm, instead of just yeah. making the event again? Right. So it's like a, uh, it his, might as well be a documentary history you know? channel reenactment of yeah. <laughs> events. Yeah. So, all right. Um, that was it for me. James, what do you got? But you did watch some breaking bad, which I watched. Yeah. I wasn't going to talk about this first, but we the might as well. season finale. Yeah. Um, which is weird. I, I have to admit, I had forgotten that they were doing that. Yeah. So when I saw like, before I finally watched it, cause I don't watch it on Sunday nights. Um, when I saw posts online about like, Oh, the season finale, I was like, what? No, no, this is only <laughs> eight episodes. Like I was so ready for this series to be done this year that I'm I'm a little bummed that I got to wait another year because it's in such a good place. Another year? Um, that comes back in like March, February. No, I, I was pretty sure that it's another year. Um, no, usually on AMC when it's like a mid-season finale, it's Walking like another Dead, four or five year, year months. Yeah. Well, that was just a hiatus. Um, that was that was different, but. I'm pretty sure it's a. It better not a, be a year. It's just a That's break. Shitty. I thought so too. I I thought that on the um not the slash film article but the screen article when they talked about it they called it they said it was a year but maybe not. Fuck. I I hope not. Mm. I hope not. Because uh, yeah, it ends in a great place and I don't. I think we can talk about it. Ryan's probably not ever going to watch the show. Who, who are our friends that don't want us to talk about it? I don't know. Laura. Um, yeah. Well, Laura. She doesn't listen to the but podcast she anyways. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I think it's fair to say if you are if you don't want us to spoil it or anything, skip forward a couple minutes because it'll just be quick. But um, that last scene when... Which I don't when get that, because like why, why, what, what sparks um, Hank to remember that? Like obviously the book, but... Yeah, it's just Why is he suddenly like back on that thread? Like Walter because wrote it off already, basically. Yeah, but earlier. But I think it's one of those things where, like, when that scene first happened, where he saw the WW and was like, "Man, WW, what could that stand for?" Oh, and he even says Walter White. Uh, that scene almost stretched credulity, where it was like, "How does Hank not even consider the fact that Walt is is uh, Heisenberg?" Like, but he explains it away with the like the Walt Whitman book itself. So why is he almost like, "Oh, right. well." This corroborates um, Brian Cranston's character, Walter right. White, because uh, yeah, he, he this is his source of information for making that like like denying it. Like yeah, he reads Walt Whitman. So, but I th- I think and especially with all the stuff that's been going on with Siler and how with Skyler, I mean, and and how weird their family has been. You know, like Walt's kids are living in his house now. Like. Their whole relationship is all messed up, and clearly Walter is not the guy he was. What a season, a season ago, just a season ago, yeah. yeah. Um, and you have to remember, it's also this is all supposed to have happened in a little over a year now. Um, that uh, for me, I thought it was really cool because it was this moment where it somebody hits him with it again, and this time he actually considers like, oh shit, mm-hmm. like it could be Walter, and and you know. Because it's so obvious, like it's it's this the thing that's been going for so long, where you're just like, he's a chemist. Come on, man. Um, 
you guys are you trying to be vague? No, well, not not really. Anybody who watches it, the show would know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, basically, I, I, I'm doing this. I'm like, huh? Huh? Th- this guy did this, and this guy did that. This Walt's, guy- Walt's brother-in-law, who is the DEA agent, the, at the end of this episode, he's sitting on the toilet. He picks up this book, and it's from. Gu- oh, and that's the other thing is that the. Oh well, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he picks up this book and finally realizes like Walter is the guy who's been cooking meth. That he's, he's been after. He's forever. been chasing this character called Heisenberg across New Mexico for, yeah. you know, I guess, a year now. A year, and it's the thing he's obsessed with. Like he's gotten promoted, and his boss is telling him to leave it alone because it's not a big deal anymore. But he can't because he's mm-hmm. just like it's it bugs him that they didn't solve it. Um, and at the end of this episode, there's this moment where he realizes like, okay, this is who this is, and then that's where they leave it. Um, and I I thought it was good. I I like where they've brought everything around now. Like. With Jesse leaving and that other kid helping out, and now Walter. But that's the other thing that happens is that Walter basically sort of stops. He he kind of gets to a place where he's like, okay, because was I'm done. the pile of money last week or this week? No, it was this week. Yeah, there's a room full of money. <laughs> like, how much do you need to? Yeah, stop? that that yeah. the internet went crazy for and calculated that 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 pile is somewhere between forty and four hundred million dollars. I thought it was fourteen and forty. Oh yeah, you're right. Fourteen and forty. Yeah, somewhere between fourteen and like forty million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that scene with uh, him and uh, Jesse, uh, mm. or you know, I saw I saw Jesse like baby. leave the frame to get something. And I'm like, uh, he's getting a gun. Yeah, because he's afraid that Walter's there to kill him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. is this the last season of Breaking Bad, or is it the next season? It's week? the last. Well, you yeah, know, this this well, half I mean, is the first half of the yeah. last season. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. yeah so it's there's ending. not another one after this. No, this no, no. Completed. Um. And now we get to wonder how what the machine gun that he buys in the very first episode of the season. Yeah, and what's going to happen? How does this escalate? What's going to happen with the poison that he keeps putting back behind the? Uh, oh, the ricin, yeah, yeah, behind the electrical socket. Because he, he was going to kill that he girl, keeps right? Getting it out to be like, yeah, he was totally going to kill that woman, yeah. and she she talks herself out of it again. This woman <laughs> is of all of the like criminals in any TV show or movie who who knows that they're going to get killed by their boss. This woman knows it better than anyone else and can avoid it better than anybody else because every she scene avoids she's it in, as well as Walter White. Like yeah. Walter White talked himself out of. <laughs> Every, so many amazing situations. Every scene she's in, everyone else in the scene wants to kill her, and by the end they're like, oh, fuck, all right, we'll let you live again. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's been really good. I'm enjoying the season. She outlived Mike. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, so I watched that this week. I also I wanted to talk about this last week, uh, but forgot about it, unfortunately. Uh, Denver Comic Con is putting the panels that they videotaped up on the internet. Um, nice. and the first one that they did was the voice actors panel with Tom Kane and Billy West and the other guy who's not as famous but was also actually really good. He doesn't talk as much in the the, uh, the video because I think he's he's that guy who knows that he's like you know he's interesting and has some interesting insights into into the industry, but he's not the guy people are there to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Payton is his name, uh, but man. Billy West and Tom Kane are so fantastic. And, you know, it's about an hour long, as all of the panels were, but you should go check it out if you just Google DCC voice actors panel. Um, they've got it on uh, Vimeo. And it's well worth it. If you missed it at the con, go check it out. Uh, and I- I'm looking forward to the other ones, because obviously we didn't we didn't get to see any panels there. Yep. Um, and we were, we're involved in two of them. So. Yeah. Hopefully they, they hopefully they don't post those to us. I hope they do. But, uh, well, actually, yeah, yours was good, because, man, that story that... James Marsters tells... Uh, Yours was good, too? Yeah, yeah. It was, I guess. I, I don't like to toot my own horn. 
It was pretty. It was the best moderated panel of the whole show. <laughs> was the one that I did. Dude, I called out people to talk. I was like, "Okay, yeah, you back there." Yeah, that was. Yeah. I mean, that's how you moderate, guys. It should be. Yeah, I made a question here and there just to spice things up. But uh, what do you do if like someone stands up there like, "I'm gonna murder you," <laughs> <laughs> me or the actor? Uh, either one. <laughs> oh God! If you introduce the actor and they come out and they go, "I'm gonna murder you all," that'd be pretty bad. I would jump in front of the actor and then they'll be like, "Local fat boy saves actor." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Ryan Force saves actor. Totally. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry, Brian Forced. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Who came back this this uh, last week with a new season, um, and it was okay. Uh, it's it's not kicked off with a bang quite yet, but it was a, it was not a bad episode, that's for sure. Um, there were Daleks, and there was like a Dalek prison planet, and that was pretty cool. Uh, and then there was this cute girl who was actually a Dalek, and then she, which means she couldn't be the new companion, which made me sad. But, I have no uh, idea what's going on right now. <laughs> is it? It was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I believe you. Was she a Cylon? No, no, no. She <laughs> wasn't a Cylon. A Cylon, no. <laughs> we lost both of us. <laughs> was it one of those robots that talks with the lights going on in their head? I'm unfamiliar with the, both those. Uh, yeah, uh, all of the, all of the robots on Doctor Who talk when there are lights on their head. So yes, she was one of those. Awesome, I knew um, it. No, no. Basically, she was a she was this robot who'd been locked up in this prison for so long that she had forgotten that she was a robot, and so she could, she was communicating with the Doctor, and and we kept seeing her as this like embodiment of a human inside locked inside this room. Uh, and then when he finally gets to her, we realize, oh, she's actually just crazy inside this robot and that he can't help her at all. Um, was Andrew Garfield in it? No. Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then also this week they released the first episode of Revolution, which is the new J.J. Abrams show. You could watch it for free on Hulu just to check it out. Uh, I believe it airs on the 18th or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. No, this I think it's this Wednesday, whatever the date of this Wednesday is. This Wednesday? I think so. That'd be the 12th? That might be. Anyway, it doesn't matter because you should Google and find out when it comes out because I actually thought it was really good. Did either of you? Obviously, you didn't because you did your what you've been watching. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think I'm I'm fine admitting that I've been kind of worn out by this whole trend of wannabe lost shows every fall where like they come out with all these shows where there's you know it's a big sort of sci-fi concept and there's going to be some conspiracy and mystery and usually it's an ensemble cast and most of the time they're not very good shows or they're kind of good at first but i fall off of them um and this show is some of those aspects are there it is a sci-fi show basically the plot is that one day all of the electricity turns off like nothing electronic works anymore and the world sort of descends into, um, you know, a dystopia kind of post-apocalyptic world where there's these militias around and things like that. But it doesn't just start – a lesser show would start there and things would fall apart and then it would be this mystery about like, well, how do we get the, the power back on and stuff like that. But it actually jumps forward 15 years. So it's really just – that is the explanation for why things are shitty. Um, but – it's not the centerpiece of the story. Like that mystery is not what drives you. Um, so at the beginning there's this little town and there's this woman who, uh, she's probably, we see her at the first, she's probably like 25 or something like that. And her dad gets killed and he clearly knows a lot about why the electricity went off. Um, but isn't telling anybody and is just trying to keep his family safe. 
but he's killed and her brother's kidnapped by actually the guy who played Gus on Breaking Bad. And so she gets together with her stepmom, or not even a stepmom, her dad's uh, girlfriend who she didn't really like, and this sort of quirky guy who used to work for Google, um, who is clearly going to be the Hurley because he's a little bit heavy set and fun. Um, and uh, they trek to go try and find, uh, find, try and find her brother. And he also, as he's dying, he says, "Go find my brother because that's the other person they're looking for because he may also know about this stuff that they want to." Um, because they're clearly out for information about the the world losing electricity. Um, but it's really just about them sort of trekking across the world and trying to find her uncle and all that. Um, and so that part of it is really good. There was a, there was a point where I was worried where it got a little hunger gamesy where like they come across, uh, this kind of cute boy and he's like, got a bow and arrow and like she saves her from like getting raped by some guy in a plane and i'm like oh fucking this guy that's nothing like the hunger games well it's a guy and he's going to save her and uh, anyway movie and, title idea raped on the plane <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just saying like there clearly it's going to be like this sort of you know romantic interesting nope turns out he's a bad guy spoiler for the episode but it was really cool like when that happened i was like okay i am totally in this now because it was it was going to be sort of a cliche of like oh well they come across this this wild boy who's been out you know defending himself for a while oh she really likes him and i i was so happy that the main character was just this strong female young woman that i didn't want her to all of a sudden have this protector guy around um and so when he was gone i was happy uh, but the show's so far really good. It's directed by John Favreau, um, and it it looks a little bit TV, but I think that m- for the most part the effects and stuff like that are, are pretty good. And, and you know there will probably be fewer of them in the future, but um, for the most part they can just go out into like the wilderness of Illinois and shoot in the woods, and they don't need a lot of effects for that. But uh, I think it's worth checking out, which is the first time I've said that about one of these shows in a long time. Um, I, I don't think I've been as excited for a show like this. Uh, you know. So you should check it out, <laughs> <Okay>. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all it was right. good. I liked it. That's it. That's all I've been watching. Uh, this week for the Denver Comic Con interview, I interviewed Victoria, or was it the Joker? Listen and find out. Joker here! Very nice. So am I interviewing the Joker, or am I interviewing the person playing the Joker? You are definitely interviewing the Joker. I'm not going to... I'm a boring one. Okay, sweet. (laughs) So, Mr. Joker Man, um, you took time out of killing people with your bazooka and uh, your bang gun to sit down on Real Nerds Podcast. Uh, What are you here for? I'm here to go crazy at Comic-Con. They didn't have enough comic. Oh, so, by going crazy, what are you going crazy for? I'm loving Michael Zuli. I just got a commission from him. <laughs> and are you looking... Have you found any Batman around here that you are taking care of? I haven't seen very many Batman. Not very many. I've found a Batgirl. Apparently, her back is fine now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to shoot her again. I mean, if you don't... I mean, you've lined that up with explosives, right? So it can be like a dart. Well, I've got the bazooka. That should do it. <laughs> well, if you do the bazooka, then she's never going to show up again. <laughs> she's going to be a splat on a wall, and then she'll be bat splat. Oh, hey. Hey, it rhymes. It works. See, that's that's what I do here. I'm a host. I'm uh, I'm creative. You're scary, though. If people could see you, you're, uh, 
your face is all distorted? Did you fall in a chemical bath or what? You know, sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes another. It's all a bit of a blur, really. So what way are you remembering it today? Well, today it involves a sandwich. And the sandwich is loaded with... I'm not exactly sure. All I remember is I don't trust Subway anymore. <laughs> there you go. Joker does not give a ring endorsement of Subway. <laughs> yeah, Quiznos? Quiznos is fine. Toasty's good. And you get that with explosives, too. You can. So, uh, are you a fell comedian? Can, can you tell a joke, or is it going to be really bad? I can tell a joke, but appropriate for the radio, not so much. Uh, we're explicit, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> All right. You know what a joke is? The Green Lantern. <laughs> I'm trying to start a fight right. with a Joker and Green Lantern. I, I want to see it. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Unless I get his ring, then that could be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, you weren't listening. She's gonna shoot her that, with a bazooka. That's what we were talking about. And earlier. I called her. I called her bat splat. <laughs> you know what really frustrates me though is I can't find Jason Todd. Ah, uh, he's dead. You killed him. Yeah, supposedly he's back. He had a wanted poster up for me or something yesterday. You know that Jason Todd. He also came back as some monster too. So who knows what he really is? Fun. Yeah. Well, I thought you killed him really well by beating him to death with a crowbar, but... I've got the crowbar here, actually. Well, if I ever see a Red Hood or a Robin, I will point him in your direction. All right. But you have to stay behind him and make sure, you know, he doesn't see you. That guy's kind of Robin, but he's supposed to be Superman? I don't know what's that about. Yeah. No more. Well, awesome. So, uh, we'll turn off the Joker real quick. Yeah. Um, you're in the costume parade. Yeah. or. What's up? I'm in the shindig. The shindig? And yeah. what is it? I don't even know what it is. It's a, as far as I can tell, it's a costume contest. And what do you win? Respect? I have no idea. I have no idea. For all I know, it's respect or a $5 gift certificate to food or 100 I have no idea what the <laughs> hell it is. Awesome. And what's your real name? Uh, my real name is Victoria. Victoria, you make a great joker. If people could see on the radio, then they could see how, well, you kind of went with the Batman animated series Joker. Yeah, yeah. I do classic. I do Heath Ledger, but only when my hair is actually long because I hate the wig. But see, you doing uh, the Mark Hamill Joker is more uh, creative now because everybody does the Heath Ledger one. Yeah, well, no, everyone does it, but no one does it well. If people did it well, there would be more respect for it. Well, if, if people could do it like Heath Ledger, then you wouldn't need Heath Ledger. That's true. Well, there's one guy, Joker Blogs. My God. Really? Joker Blogs, Scott McClure. Google him. Okay. Is there anything, you have a Facebook page that you want to tell people about that we can look for you? Or are you promoting anything? Or you just want to win the contest and that's what you're promoting? Uh, yeah, I'm not really promoting anything. But I'll take the opportunity to promote the Joker Blogs anyway, even though I'm not involved with it. <laughs> All right. That's, that's fine. You know, everybody has a character they love. I love the Green Goblin. And he would destroy the Joker. So, Victoria, know. thanks for... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like they'd team up. I feel like they they probably could, could. I always thought it'd be... I mean, they have the chin thing. They do. You know? I, I wrote a, a fan story where uh, Norman Osborn, his Green Goblin, came to Gotham because he heard someone was stealing Norman Osborn chemicals and using them for bad, and he was going to do something about it. You know, that's interesting. I'm actually writing a Spider-Man-Batman crossover at the moment. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's called Web and Wing. Very nice. And do you have villains in it, or are they fighting each other? 
Uh, right now, the chief featuring villains are Kingpin and Scarecrow. Very nice. Yeah, there will be others scattered throughout. Very nice. That's fun. Well, thank you for stopping by. And, and thank you um, for uh, interviewing me. And when uh, we'll put you on, and you can look for us on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter, we'll post when your interview will be on. All right, thank you. All right, you. thanks, Victoria. Or should I say the Joker? Yeah. The Joker. Get signing out. <laughs> thanks for stopping by, Victoria. We appreciate it. The movie we saw this week was Raiders of the Lost Ark. James, should people go and see Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> uh, yes. This movie's obviously really good. The thing to talk about here is the fact that it's this new Blu-ray up conversion and all of this and it's been cleaned up. Um, I got to see Raiders on the big screen at the Continental a few years ago. And it was one of those reels that they'd been passing around for a while. Mm. So it was beat up. And, you know, it was still cool to see it on the big screen, but the sound quality wasn't that good. And there were there were cl- places where the, the reel sort of ripped a little and the picture just went wonky. Um, and this, while there are a couple of little things that we'll talk about, this looks really, really crisp and is beautiful on the big screen. Uh, so if you're a fan of this movie or you just want to have a fun time in the movies for an, an evening... Uh, yeah, go check this out because it's really cool. Brad? Um, I think people should see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark in the IMAX, though. If this is the Blu-ray version of it, um, I'm not buying the Blu-rays. Really? Because I disagree with the clarity um, of the print. Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, I think you should see it in IMAX just to see it in a big screen, but I actually agree with brad on some of the uh the images sometimes it looked really good and then other times um you know what let's play the trailer and then i'll get into it yeah for the first time ever indies in imax Indiana Jones. Always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. Experience the ultimate adventure like never before. <laughs> Fully restored from the original 35mm print. Any questions? Readers of the Lost Ark. DPG. Exclusive IMAX one-week limited engagement. September 7th through 13th. Tickets on sale now. I, the movie's amazing. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, there's really not much you can say about the movie that people don't already know. But there was parts uh, in the IMAX where it was really blurry. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it did have that flicker thing that The Dark Knight Rises had. I think it's, it affected that theater. But there were, like, even, like, that Washington, D.C., like, Washington Monument yeah. c- uh, shot was just incredibly blurry. Like, you can't even fault the projector for that. Oh, and I, I think, um, yeah, there are, there are a few shots like that. And I noticed that it was mostly, the, like, the... Um, not stock footage shots, but like the establishing shots. Mm-hmm. There are things where they would do the the one that bothered me the most actually was the shot of the plane in the harbor. Um, yeah, when he's going to get on the plane, that one I was like, "Oh, this is this is bad." And I don't know, like it's hard to know what happened to that piece of footage that it was like that because so much of the movie, I think, especially anything that's indoors, anything shot on a soundstage looks great um especially uh yeah i'm a big fan of this movie i've seen it quite a few times the opening scene of the movie as amazing as that sequence is has never looked really good it's always been a little bit washed out uh the sort of film noir stuff that steven spielberg is doing there creates a really weird contrast that makes that especially the the exterior shots when they're just going through the jungles don't look very good and that's it's better here i mean it really is but it's not it's not still not perfect um 
I I think it's because of the aspect ratio of the IMAX screen. Oh, do you? Because I think if you actually shrink it down, it's probably going to look amazing. Oh yeah, I yeah. I, oh, I, I see think, what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I think a lot so too. More uh, clear. Yeah, uh, I think that on the Blu-ray, this is going to look even better than what we saw. Oh, I and agree. I still think that this is the best I've well, ever yeah, seen. I think what's cool about it too is you, you're actually seeing one that uh, you know Paramount produced more of and new film for. So when they put it out, it looks good. It's not like when you see it. And it's popping and cracking right. and missing a scene, like Back to the Future <laughs> to yeah. last week. You know, this isn't one that's passed around. These are new prints, right? And I mean, the sound was amazing. Yeah, that's I, that's the big one. Is that there are there are little bits of audio that even on the DVD you kind of miss, like never, the beginning of a sentence, or there's just places where it doesn't sound very good. And man, the surround sound on this is great. There's mm-hmm. stuff behind me where I thought people were making noise in the audience, and then I realized, oh no, that's just the birds in the background. Okay, cool. Yeah, you know, the, the, like I said, we were watching it when Indy stills the arc and he goes into the town square and then you know the bad guys pull in and all the townspeople come up with melons and the one nazi takes the melon and he throws it and you hear go dog go (laughs) i've never heard that before (laughs) yeah i've seen the movie 15 20 30 times i don't know how many times i've seen the movie but i you know i missed that part but i'll I'll get into the parts of the movie i really enjoy Mm. um besides the whole movie but uh (laughs) there's just like fist pumping moments. I love when Nazis get killed. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's just an innate ability where yeah. just when Nazis get killed, I love it. Uh, when Indy kicks out one guy out of the truck and he runs him over. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, because they, that part's set up so well because when Indy flies out of the front of the truck, you know, he slides underneath the truck, uses the bull whip, and he's sliding and he gets up, but that guy just gets ran over. Yeah. yeah. It's great. He tries it first. At first, he's like, oh, I'm going to do it too. And then, <laughs> yeah. nope, nope, not even close. But, too, then uh, I also love kind of how um, s- silly the movie is because it's purposely a B movie. Yeah. Um, you know, the. When the guys fly off the cliff, yeah. When the cliff that just shows up, uh, uh, <laughs> I know, like the shot before that, you see the back <laughs> of the truck and you see the whole landscape in front of the truck. They're heading, you know, it's a z-axis shot. Yeah, they're driving, like escaping, and then all of a sudden, like two cuts later, there's there's like that landscape doesn't have a cliff; it's like forest <laughs> all around it. Yeah, and then two shots later, those guys drive off a cliff. Well, That's and they go great. they go like from being in the jungle to being in the middle of the desert yeah, to being yeah. in the jungle again. Um, and yet still, uh, I it's still... It's one of my favorite scenes ever. It's, yeah, it's one of the greatest action sequences ever made. Mm. Uh, not even shot by Steven Spielberg. Um, yeah. uh, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, there are things that I noticed this time that I know I've never seen, and there are little touches like the fact that... I don't know if you noticed this, and maybe it's only somebody like me who does, but uh, when, when Todd comes into the the bar at the beginning you know the nazis come into the bar mm-hmm. and they've got like snow on their shoulders they they clearly put something like dry ice or something in there because there's smoke coming off of their shoulders yeah it's awesome because this i've never seen it before but this time it looked like nazis coming straight out of hell into her <laughs> bar and it was so cool um i mean obviously i'm maybe paying attention to the wrong thing if i'm staring at dude's shoulders during that sequence but uh <laughs> No, there's. But I I don't think you would ever see that no, on the DVD I agree. transfer. I don't remember seeing it either. No, and it just the movie's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I love all the iconic shots that they're in it, and you know, it's just stuff you're is burnt into your brain. You know, when they're digging for the uh, the ark, and you know, Indy's putting on his hat, and the sun in the background mm-hmm. is this bright orange, and you just see the silhouette, and he puts the hat on, and you know, when he enters Marion's bar, and and he's standing that shadow, yeah. in that shadow, and he comes in like he's so cool and he gets socked. I, I love it. Uh, 
the whole movie is just amazing. And I was telling Brad too as we were leaving. I said, I forget how quick that movie moves along. Yeah, you said, oh yeah, this now this is where he has a rocket launcher, and uh, yeah, yeah. About the time that like the the submarine, like by the time they were mm-hmm. getting on the boat, that's when I realized like, oh man, we're almost to the end here. Like all the action sequences are done. Like, it, you know. You know, and I think there's a deleted scene, and I didn't notice it before, but when Marion gets out of the submarine, there's that one Nazi who's all in bandages, and he pushes her all mad. There has to be a deleted scene where maybe she kicks his ass or something. <laughs> because why does that Nazi have bandages, and why is he so pissed yeah. at her? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I never noticed that before. I've never seen I've I've probably heard every story about that movie three times, but I, I've never heard about that. Uh, that's just a guess on my part. Yeah. I mean... Can anyone explain to me how, uh, like, what tips off Indiana Jones into, like, knowing to close his eyes? Oh, nobody. nobody. <laughs> that's one of those great mysteries. There, it's a lucky guess. There, there's a little bit of, like, biblical reference there. Cause, uh, I it, figured they might have explained yeah. it when the government officials yeah. show up to the college, but they don't. They no. don't, but I think maybe it's just his knowledge of yeah. the whole... Yeah. Because really the, like, they said he's an expert in the occult, so maybe he just knows yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and there there are times it. in the Bible where like you're not supposed to look at the wrath of God. You know, like if you turn around and look at uh, Sodom and Gomorrah as it's burning down, you get turned into a pillar of salt. Like there is there's precedence for don't look at things when God is killing everyone. Um, so I, I it makes sense, I guess. Okay. It's really just because you have to have <laughs> them survive. You know, and also they have to be there. Um, I yeah, I love the fact that he like the the climax of that movie in a lot of ways is this. Uh, this conflict that that scene with the rocket launcher, yeah, like, where they could have had an action sequence there, but they didn't. Instead, it's this conflict about you know, well, it's moral dilemma. This flight and son of a bitch <laughs> wants to let me blow up the ark, and uh, and I, I can't do and it. And he's French, the fucking yeah. French dude. They call him Baloche, <laughs> and you can see that fly he eats real good in this version. Yeah, you can. You and can. and they did. Uh, be, I mean, I'm sure they didn't go to the take the shot out of the DVD transfer, but they clearly went back in and, and edited out the glare in the snake oh, sequence yeah, again. Totally. Like that w- I was waiting for that shot. Mm. Like I- I've never been as scared of the snakes as I was in this one. Cause I think especially the, the wide shots, you can actually see the snakes really well now. Um, whereas before it was just like, well, it was sort of this blurry thing. Um, but when that shot was coming up, I was just like staring at the bottom right hand corner of the screen, like, okay, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? What yeah. are they going to do? You know, the one thing too, I noticed is that the more of the detail in, um, the Egyptian stuff, yeah, you know the the paintings in the background. Even when Indy was climbing up and he grabbed onto that tooth, you could see like paint, red paint, and st- that I've mm-hmm. never noticed before. I'm sure. I mean, maybe you know. I don't know uh, the you, details. I know it's a little more. Had you guys ever noticed the writing on the map room? And I think this is just me having not noticed this for some reason, but that one of the buildings has German words oh, yeah. written on it. I've never noticed that before either. Okay, Brett, Brett, did you notice it? Oh, that pyramid in the center? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It like, yeah. has red, like... Yeah, yeah it says, Nazi, like, right? you know, Neichstollen or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember it. that at all. I don't either, yeah. and I wonder if that's... I'm going to go back and watch my DVD and see if there is... If it's an um, edition. Well, well, no, I'm <laughs> sure it's not edition. an edition, but see if it's something that is just so blurry in the old version that you can't see it. Hmm. And there's um, always something funny, too, when, uh, you know, Indy is chasing the Nazis and they're all flying off the motorcycles or something. They always say, Shiza! I think it's so funny. Yeah. It's just funny. Well, and I didn't, I never finished up on the fact that the, that opening sequence, the still doesn't look great. Um, and I was worried like those established, those shots in the jungle. I was like, Oh, if the whole movie looks like this, it's not going to be as good as I want it to be. Um, 
And then once they got inside into the tunnel, then it was looking better. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. And then there was a shot where, like, Alfred Molina's face went all wonky. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like I was like, the, what was that? I don't know what that was. And I don't know if it was the projector or what. I think it's like the what. projector there, because I noticed that in the, the Dark Knight yeah, Rises, The Dark Knight Rises did that. But. Yeah. So it's, it's somewhere i got to wait and see what the Blu-ray looks like. We'll probably have this conversation again, because I will probably closely watch it and be like, <laughs> what do they miss up? You know, you know, I one of I love the part two where he takes the idol because uh, you know some when as you get older you notice these little nuances of of characters that they play. Yeah, and you know he takes the bag of sand and he's looking at the idol and he looks at it and he just dumps a little sand and like how the fuck would he know how much it weighs? <laughs> and he he pulls it away and he puts it on there like he's so sh- cocksure that he knows he got mm-hmm. it right yeah. and that it doesn't work. And that's just classic. Yeah. Because he has that look on his face. I love the little nuances that Harrison Ford brings to the character. There's a there's a moment I had like that where um, in one of my favorite scenes that I, I wrote about it when I did my top five villains, um, the 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 scene with Belloc in the in the bar where the kids run in and mm-hmm. save him, Uncle um, Indy. <laughs> at, the, at the beginning of that scene, when Belloc tells him like, you know, hey, go ahead and sit down. You, even here in the desert, we can be civilized. Uh, like his reaction to that, he does like this funny like. Puts his arms back like, yeah, what? F- fine, what the fuck? I might yeah. as well sit down. And then he sits down. I'd never seen that before, probably because that shot is so dark before. Uh, and there are other times like that where the the original transfers of the movie have always been sort of dark, and so you, you miss little things. That This time I, I, I felt like I was definitely seeing more than I had before. Um, but at the same time, like I agree with you guys that there were times where there was a weird gritting effect that I, I have a feeling is because it was blown up. Um where like everything looked almost pixelated, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, little, blue, little blue sparkles would come in because it's, yeah. it's stretched out. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I love the reluctant hero of Indiana Jones. You know when he's fighting the big guy <laughs> on the uh, tarmac and he wants to fight and he's about, he's all defeated. He's like, fine, I guess I'll fight you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and I I forgot about the scene at when he's teaching the class and that girl's blinking and it says love you across <laughs> her eyelids <laughs> you know that's you know that's steven spielberg's favorite scene is it really yeah he um and he uses an exa- as an example i've heard him tell this story so many times but um of of how he likes to listen to the people on his set because it was his art director's idea like they were setting up that scene and his art director had this idea like hey we should write love you on her eyes so that when she closes her eyes it says love you on them and he put that in and now it's one of his favorite things and it just goes to show how like as opposed to a guy like George Lucas, who nobody ever says no to, and nobody ever tells him their ideas. Like when people tell Steven Spielberg about him, he listens, and then they turn into some of his favorite things. I mean, look at Jaws when yeah the, the mimicking of the son and Chief right. Brody. Exactly. I mean, it's That's what's, all improv. It's what's so good about Steven Spielberg movies, and especially E.T. If I could pick a crowning <sighs> jewel in Steven Spielberg's, you're just giving me a hard time. I am giving James a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyways you should still see it in IMAX because it's really cool to see it besides yeah. I mean besides you're, the, you're not going to get a chance to see this movie yeah. look this good besides the blurriness but like you're right the film is so good yeah. the sound is amazing and it's it's worth it because it's one of the greatest I movies so. of all time yeah I love that I had forgotten about that in the during the truck chase when he 
he he goes to ram that motorcycle off and you never actually see him hit the motorcycle it's just he he swerves the the, the wheel and then he smiles and it's <laughs> yeah. the most shit-eating grin and the whole uh, you <laughs> yeah, know that's awesome. we had a we had a fairly unresponsive audience i think uh like there were times when i was laughing and i was like okay guys i know i've seen this movie a billion times but i can still laugh at this and so can you come on but what i did like about our audience was a lot of kids there so that's they true. were experiencing indiana jones i think that's cool yeah yeah absolutely um, so next week We'll be seeing another, probably one of the greatest movies of all time. Yes. Resident Evil Retribution. Yes. Um, my stepbrother Alex is going to come see it with us. He's really excited for it. So am I. Maybe I can talk him into being Hunter Podcast. Probably not, but uh, we'll see. Um, but if you want to tweet us, you can at real underscore nerds. You can email us realnerds at gmail.com. Hey, we didn't get any phone calls this week. Hey, Mark Wahlberg, where you at? <laughs> um, you can call us, 720-6-NERDS-5. You can also like us on Facebook. Sometimes we post things on there. Um, you can also go to our webpage, realnerdspodcast.com. You can download us on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Sometimes yeah. in the top 20, if you type in R-E-E-L. <laughs> Actually, I forgot to tell you this week, uh, if, yeah, if you type in real, we, I think we were like 20th or 15th. Yeah, we so, nice. so we're getting up there. Nerds 40th, 50th. <laughs> Because there's so many nerds, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we could just get past the real gay show, dude, we'd be... <laughs> oh, we're past them. Are we? Yeah. Wait, That's wait, wait, awesome. There's, wait, there's really a real gay show? Yeah, th- they were crushing they, us And they the spell it song. R-E-E-L? Yeah. yeah. So it's just about like... And it's like, a picture like... of Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, like they're... Like Man, we have our logo on the for the podcast. Yeah. Their logo is them interviewing Jamie Foxx, I guess. Dude, I gotta listen to this. <laughs> All right. Have a gay time. I, I am interested to listen to it though. I, I don't know <laughs> exactly. I was like, you can make fun of me as much as you want, but I want to know what they did to Mike. Mike what like, is, what is the gay perspective on these movies? Yeah, yeah. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I hope they don't do it like that. That'd be really cliched. Yeah, that'd be a I want cliche to, as glee. I, I want him to be like Richard Deacon in the Dick Van Dyke Show. <laughs> you know he was gay. No, I didn't. Yeah, Mel Cooley. Okay. He's the biggest, deepest voice guy ever. So, <laughs> anyways, thanks for listening. Next week, Resident Evil. Bye. Yes. Shut the fuck up, James.